guys welcome to our world Yay. let's do this welcome to the cold line podcast episode 3 and we are finally wrapping up auto shankar's story we'll be done with shankar's ass now shankar yes shankar yes shankar so let's let's take our listeners back to what we have already covered and let's dive into the episode since i don't think so we have any business to take care of right now shouldn't we introduce ourselves first Oh yes, that is also important. Hi guys, yep. I'm Anamika, the girl who doesn't murder people. Hi Anamika. Hi Ritu. How have you been? <laughs> I've been good. Okay, did you guys forget about me cuz I'm right here too? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, Dini, go forward. Hi guys, I am Dini. I am the overthinker. I daydream a lot, communicating memes. Yeah, you know the drill. That's me. Yeah. Hi Dini. <laughs> Oh, hi Dini. <laughs> that was so delayed. That was so delayed. Uh, can I go? Yes, you can go. Leave the podcast. Get out of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hi guys, it's Ritu and I'm the cutely dressed girl who summons the demon. I'm just kidding. I'm not summoning the demon. No. Please don't hang out with me if you summon the demon. <laughs> Okay guys uh, so we need to run a little recap of what we have already covered so yep. who wants to take us i guess it's me only <laughs> <laughs> yeah because i don't remember shit please remind me <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah by the way he already killed three people right so three more are left and that's what we're going to cover in this episode Oh yes. So uh we have already seen Shankar's childhood. We have already seen how he fell in love with Lalita and we have already seen how he got dick slammed by Lalita <laughs> and we have seen how uh, how he put an end to Sudhalai's life and Ravi's life. So we have already covered three murders and Lalita's life. A- and Lalita's life, of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, I thought I already said dick slammed. You guys already know Shankar by now. If you slam him there, you know what he's going to do. He's going to murder. So yeah, I don't think so we have anything to say right now and should we just dive into the episode? So, should we start with the story now, the second um like the three murders now? And we're also going to tell you what ultimately happened to him. Did Shankar seek any sort of thrill after he was in the prison? and how did media react to him and other stuff inside his mind and other blah 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 you you'll see you'll see the podcast unfold okay yep go ahead yep. dimi <laughs> so for the next three murders that shankar committed it happened uh in 1988 so these three victims were sampat mohan and govindraj so these three they belong to mandavali area Ravi the one who uh you know Shankar killed before he was related to Mohan the Mohan which is now going to be killed right so Govindraj was also a friend of Sampath and it is alleged that these people used to go to the Taj Mahal hotel where the prostitutes from Shankar's brothel used to entertain the customers and they created a ruckus and the information was given to Shankar and he wanted to do something about that <laughs> you know you said it so nice you said he wanted to do something about that i mean this is like a problem solving approach whenever we face something i want to do something about that i'm very passionate about this cause and the way you have used that phrase for <laughs> mother shankar <laughs> i'm impressed any 
And you know how Shankar is. Like, if you mess with him or his business, he goes haywire. Nobody is messing with Shankar's lungi funds. <laughs> <laughs> Not that joke again. Oh my God. Ritu is never going to let that joke die. <laughs> I'm just really like, I'm going to hold on to it until we we're done with the case. <laughs> What went down was in 1988, some customers took a sex worker apparently named Anita from Shankar's brothel to VGP Golden Beat. Now, so at that time, which was around 3 p.m. when Anita usually um, came home from her work, Sampat, Mohan, and Govindraj were going in an auto. And they were fully drunk. Oh my god! I pull your life together. <laughs> pull your life together, gentlemen. What do you? What do you like when you when like when we friends get drunk? We make sure that one person is sober. What the fuck are you three guys getting drunk and driving around at 3 a.m.? And it's not only that. It it's like it it was like 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Oh oh! <laughs> I mean, it was Madras, not Florida. Oh my god! Not 3 a.m. Oh. <laughs> So what happened was Anita was getting down from another auto and they caught sight of her and they held her, pulled her and created a ruckus. What the fuck? And oh my god, we, did they really manhandle her? Yep, that's basically what they did and they were monsters. Oh my god. Disgusting, you. I like it's it's like 3 p.m. in the afternoon nobody stopped that. Nobody like helped her. No, so Shankar's friend was ironing the clothes in the street, right? Oh, okay. And Anita started screaming when the three of them caught hold of her. Yes, Anita. So Eldon was there standing, right? And Eldon tried stepping in, but then he was threatened off because like it's three people against one, right? So around 3 p.m., Sashi, Shankar, and Shivaji, they were playing cards at the house of one of their friends. And Balani and Paramshivam came there. So Ravi, not the one who died, but the one from his gang, also came there. He informed Shankar about the incident, right? Of course. And also he told him that Eldin was beaten up by three people from Mandavali and that they also misbehaved with Anita. How do you think Shankar would react to that? Shankar would most definitely not be happy about it. I mean, he would be sipping tea and it's like, okay, let's <laughs> plan murder. Let's plan murder, guys. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So... He wanted to get his revenge, right? Because Shankar is always about that. Like he wants to get revenge all the time. And then Babu, Shankar, Shivaji, and Ravi they rushed to 29th Cross Street along with Balani and Param Shivam. And what they did was they took these casuarina poles. You know those big, thick, long ones, and like they hurt. They're gonna hurt, okay. by the way. And they took these from the shed of the illegal alcohol shop of Mohan. So. Mohan, Jayavelu, Rajaraman, and Selvraj also joined them carrying these casuarina sticks. And in the meantime, Shivaji beat the auto driver who brought the three boys that day. <laughs> but he escaped with the auto. Unnecessary. <laughs> and wow. yeah, unnecessary effort, guys. Unnecessary <laughs> yeah. effort. But I mean, you know how they roll. They have to like beat up everyone who's involved. Yes, nutcases, of course. But what else can we expect out of these? Dubshbacks. So, Shankar and his, how should we say, associates encircled the three people, right? And they attacked them. Mohan, however, Mohan, one of the victims, not Mohan from his gang, he started running, right? He escaped. 
but then he was chased and he got into the firewood shop at LB Road. And Babu and Mohan went into the shop and brought the other Mohan out. And the same was witnessed by the firewood depot guy and his neighbor. Meanwhile, uh, Shankar and the others, they dragged Sampat and Govindraj. And they brought them to the cement floor behind the illicit Arik shop. And Mohan was also brought there. And all three of them, they started beating them to death on the cement floor. Okay, what the fuck is wrong with these guys? We have to acknowledge the fact that every person that Shankar has killed right now with the help of his allies, of course, it is so personal. It is so, so personal. And he didn't resort to a way that would be less painful to them, but he has tried to inflict as much pain as he can on these people. It just boggles my mind, oh my god. Like, imagine how much it must hurt to be beaten to death like that. Exactly. Beaten to death. Why are you killing people and why did you beat that auto driver who brought them? He was just... <laughs> I mean, he's innocent, right? Like, he's just a bystander and he has to suffer. It's so <laughs> pointless. Why are you killing people to death? Like, why? I mean, what the fuck? Why are you killing people? You're like, you were with them? You were with them? Come here, come here. <laughs> So, there were a lot of prosecution witnesses. Of course. I mean, it's like 3 p.m. in the afternoon and everybody's watching you. And meanwhile, Shankar's driver was asked to go to Mandavali to find out whether these people really were from that place. And they brought in a person from Mandavali to identify the three injured persons. They were injured, but I guess eventually they um, died. And upon inquiry, people told him that Shankar and his men have beaten him. I mean, this person is really running a nexus and he's also like bringing in people to right. do the identification. Oh my god. So now after the three men have been like beaten up and everything, Shankar was like, oh, we need to remove them. We need to, you know, relocate the injured people. And before okay. the matter gets serious, can we just... Serious? Excuse me, you've beaten them up. Like, it's already serious. What what the fuck is wrong with this guy? (laughs) Shankar. Shankar says, senses, here I come. Junker. (laughs) Fucking Junker. Anyway, so what they do is uh, they take the three men in an auto to Shankar's place. And Shankar goes ahead beforehand just to make sure. (laughs) What what did he want to do? Make make his ass comfortable for three beaten up people or what? But, but whatever so he goes ahead first and he you know when he gets there he threatens all the all of the residents like listen all of you mother hubbers if any one of you oh said God. anything about any any of this you're all gonna be dead you're dead meat you're dead meat <laughs> and one of the residents actually witnessed Mohan dragging the Arik and Shankar in his blood-stained clothes and he also saw the auto carrying the three injured people. So that guy was not scared of Shankar. Kudos to him. So I would have uh, peed, I swear. I was like, blood, oh my god, where is the blood know, coming from? I would be shit scared of him. <laughs> I would have been so curious, to be honest. I mean, there's this person, right? And like he's, he has blood stains all over his shirt. And then you have an auto carrying three injured persons. I mean, I would be curious. I would be very curious. Dude, I would be curious by hiding behind my house with all the doors and windows locked. Definitely. I'm not going to stand <laughs> right, outside. Right, that would be you. <laughs> I can imagine you doing that. 
I would be peeking through a little small tiny hole through my curtains and like oh what the fuck <laughs> I am most definitely not going to stand on my balcony with my hands on my face like oh what is happening there that he saw the auto carrying the three injured people and these three injured persons were like put up in a storeroom and they were locked I don't know this guy has no humanity or I don't even know like he just doesn't I don't even know like I I don't even know <laughs> So were they dead at the time or not? I don't think so. They were dead. They were still injured. I Yeah, yes. They were still injured. They were just locked in a storeroom because right. he just wanted to relocate them and, you know, try to keep it as low as possible, I guess. At around like 10 p.m., Babu, Shankar, Shivaji and Mohan opened up the storeroom and they found Sampath and Mohan already dead. Wow. They died from their injuries, huh? Okay. So Govindraj was like struggling and groaning, and Shankar felt like it was dangerous to keep them alive. I mean, dangerous <laughs> by the big ass question mark on my face because I'm confused. He's half dead. That is dangerous for you. Like the Sir. dude is half dead already. What can he do? I mean, well, he can escape, but yeah. A person needs medical attention. That is dangerous for you. He's the one who killed them. So like dangerous, like mm, okay. So you got a weird definition of dangerous right there, and you know, like he was, he was like, it's dangerous to keep them alive, and it's like Chunka, don't even pretend you, you were gonna kill him anyway. So just, like, oh whatever. So. Govindraj was dragged from the storeroom and he was throttled to death, obviously. Oh wow. So Babu gave the idea to bury the dead bodies in the basement oh of a God. building under construction which was being built on contract basis by Babu. Again? I mean they buried Wait, who did they bury before? I forgot. Uh Lalita. Right, right. And they're doing it again. Remorse has run into an error 404. Like I said they decided to bury the bodies like in a building that was under construction and there was a watchman and another person lying there so Shankar and the others were like oh that's problematic you need to go and they said that, oh my god I can't believe this they said that they wanted to play cards so they were like can you please go away Oh my god I mean you need def- you need to definitely change your cards man whatever cards you're playing you definitely need to change them So the watchman was like you know it's really late I cannot get back to my place and you know disturb everyone I can't go back home and sleep right now So Shivaji being the angel he is he was like oh don't worry old man I got you He said you can go back like he took him back to his place and the watchman slept there I'm hungry. Can you shut up? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yes, another important fact, guys. Dini is hungry. Another important <laughs> fact. I'm sorry I had to get that out. Are we going to add this in the podcast? Okay, anyways. So after all of the people that Shankar and Noah want there to be were gone, he procured a spade and he, you know, like started digging up two holes in the foundation and he placed two bodies in one hole that he dug up and the other one in the other one i mean the other body in the other <laughs> the second the other hole, hole. i don't want to say hole <laughs> guys ritu means french by the word hole please <laughs> exactly i'm like i don't want to say hole no okay. it's fine go ahead i like saying it hole i don't know what trench means So a hole. Let's go with hole. We're not all English geniuses here, Anamika Dubey. Exactly. <laughs> We don't know big words like you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm the dirty one. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. You're the one who's problematic. 
<laughs> After he degraded two human bodies by placing them on one on top of the other, he was like, "Okay, now I need to bathe and sleep." So he goes back and he washes his blood stains and everything, and he's done for the night. Oh my god! <laughs> what I the know. fuck is wrong with this man? How is he just sleeping after doing that? What is wrong with him? I cannot sleep after getting rude to someone, and he's just killing off people and sleeping. <laughs> Dude, I think about it for like hours on end. I will not be able to sleep. Shankar, are you not an overthinker? Do you not know what overthinking means? Please. Yeah, that's me. Like that's basically my whole personality. <laughs> Yeah. So now, since the three people did not return home, obviously their relatives and their families were concerned, and they started finding them. And they came to Priyanagar and inquired Shashi, and they also later inquired Shankar, who told them the three people. They just came and made a huge ruckus. Shankar and his men beat them up, and they were sent away. Pure piece of trash, Shankar. You just. Pure piece of trash! Oh my god. Nice. So the family wasn't um, happy about it. So um, they went to Tiruvannamalai police station on thirty first May nineteen eighty eight and orally reported about the missing people. But the circle inspector sent them away. Constable told them that no such incident had taken place. What? Dude, there are people coming in your police station, and you're like, oh my god, that didn't happen. <laughs> I know. Come on, do better. I mean, you're the police. By the way, guys, I am sweating like crazy. Same. Just wanted to put that out. Yes. Imagine Dimi sweating while podcasting. What a great sight. Thank you. Can you not ask people to imagine? <laughs> I'm imagining Dimi. <laughs> she's giving a detail, and she's like, "Okay, guys, I'm sweating." No, <laughs> I just, I just felt like that was necessary information. <laughs> So now, since the Tiruvannamalai police station did not take the complaint, they they went to Abirampur police station and gave the complaint to the sub inspector, who registered the case under the heading "mis man missing," and took up the investigation. So the inspector Thank police, uh, yeah, I know, right? Finally, someone. So the inspector police of Tiruvannamalai arrested Sashi, but he told them that the three deceased persons were, you know, they were sent back. They just said the same thing that they said to the family. So on June seventh, nineteen eighty-eight, they further reported about the missing people to the DSP. I am not sure if I'm saying this right, but Parangi Malai. And I think that that's correct, right? Parangi Malai, yeah. Well, I so, mean, you should know. You're the South Indian. <laughs> exactly, Ritu. My name is Ritu. Do you understand? It's a Hindi word. I don't. I'm not really good at that. She's <laughs> like, my name is Ritu. My name is Ritu. <laughs> Cut me some slack, okay? So, on the DSP's instructions, the next day, they went and made a complaint to the sub inspector of police. After one mayor, who finally registered the crime. Thank God. After all of the pressure coming from the DSP and other people. Yeah. God bless. I wouldn't <laughs> say Godspeed because there was literally no speed, and uh, after six people being killed, and then there was this FIR. <laughs> no Godspeed, but God bless. God bless this system, which finally took cognizance. Okay. So on twenty seventh June nineteen eighty eight, Shankar was arrested. Wow! But we're not celebrating that because we're not celebrating that, Dini, because he was released on bail. Oh yeah! Wow! 
he is indeed very powerful i must say yeah like he must have had a lot of connections and money uh so the inspector of police took up both the cases for investigation and on 6th of july 1988 he arrested babu at thambaram bus station and questioned him so babu was easy to crack i guess so he gave a conven- con- conventional conven- so he gave a confessional statement and it was reduced to writing he cracked really quick i guess on this information further investigation commenced on and finally shankar was questioned and he also made a confessional statement finally so after all of these statements uh, the inspector seized several articles and searched shankar's house at gandhi road now on babu and shankar's coordination the police tried to locate the dead bodies of three people which was exhumed exhumed as per the orders of the tehsildar and the same was ah uh, this is so sad and the same was identified by the people who were looking for them okay and after that the bodies were sent for postmortem uh you know after this on the basis of these information there were further investigations into the deaths of lalita sudalaimuttu and ravi and that took an active turn you know you remember how they threw away the remnants of sudalaimuttu and his body was never traced Uh, but oh several God. incriminating articles from Shankar's room where the body of Sudalaimuttu was burned were found right he was thrown into the ocean wasn't he yeah so the inspector arrested mohan and recorded his confession and under the order of tehsildar they went to a place where the dead body of lalita was supposed to be buried they dug up the grave they dug out <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they found the remnants of the body and other articles like the hair broken bangles blouse etc was found oh, no. oh, i know it's God. like uh i hate this such a so tragic much. disgusting i don't even want to say this can we have a palate cleanser before this please dini are you going through something that you want to let our listeners know now i just feel bad for lalita to be honest like i was just in my feels like i was thinking of like what she went through and everything it was just i don't know i just feel sad for her okay so this part is yeah very heavy <laughs> you know it's okay we're going to move ahead all right so now we're just left with ravi's body and the inspector recovered the dead body from the back side of shankar's house and it was decomposed and skeletonized oh my god Oof. how long does it take for like a body to get decomposed and skeletonized So it's like Ravi was killed in March 1988 and this is like July, right? Yeah, July 1988. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, so how that's just how long it takes for a body to get decomposed? I mean, that's wow. I I thought it would have been longer. No, no, it's like after one month the body starts to liquefy. So I think uh, the facts are right here. Which just sounds very very yucky. What the fuck is liquefying you? <laughs> Imagine the smell. Imagine the Nobody smell. Nobody imagine that. Then you don't do that. <laughs> I just did that in the process of not asking you to do that. Anyways, so the dead bodies of Sampath, Mohan, and Govindraj were found to have several injuries on their bodies, and it came out that they died due to injuries caused by violence. So. Oh my God! This motherfucker! I swear to God. He's not human. So Ravi's report showed that he died because of asphyxia due to strangulation. 
Lalita's postmortem was conducted on the spot and the report included that the fracture of the bones, like Dini previously mentioned while he was trying to strangle her, he broke the bone. Yes, the hyoid bone. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so as Babu, Shankar and Ellen were in a mood, to confess, he gave the requisition for recording their confessional statements. And the magistrate received the confessional statement in October 1988. Can we just talk about how they were in a mood to give the confession? I feel like I can really deal with the justice system of the country. So um, please record my statement. Oh my God. I mean, what did the inspectors do to get you in the mood? Put like aromatic candles or whatever. They were like... <laughs> Set you up a bath or something. You were like, are you in the mood, Shankar? Do you want a confession now? Did they give you a spa massage? Ugh. Did they give you coupons? 50% they off. They, 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 they probably gave them alcohol though because they love alcohol. Oh yes. Was it a booze party? Oh my god. Sit in yep. the rose fill, petal filled bath with a nice glass of champagne, sir. Here you go. Mood is set. Please confess. What is this? I swear to god. <laughs> Since Shankar has committed the murders that made his career as a murderer, we need to discuss what is actually scary about Shankar. What makes Shankar such a such an interesting subject? I mean, I was reading this article and it discussed that Shankar was India's Ted Bundy of the 80s. Ew, why? Ew. <laughs> I just hate how people like romanticize Ted Bundy. It's so disgusting. The thing was like Ted Bundy actively um, searched for girls to murder, you know? Exactly. But I don't, I don't think that Shankar actively yeah, searched, same. you know? He's, he's just really impulsive is what he is. Exactly. I mean, there are definitely differences in both these cases and their way of, you know, operating or yeah. functioning as a killer. And I don't know if that is the right comparison to do, but there is literally something sick about Shankar, which, you know, led to all this. So uh, I think it was the court who was trying to, you know, uh, trying to, you know, arrive on these conclusions, which will help them to finally arrive on the verdict. So uh, the court said that the way these dead bodies were disposed, it actually tells you the criminal state of the mind and how diabolical is that mind. And Shankar, as a leader, would go to any extent to even make these dead bodies disappear with a view to screen the offences of the murder. Ford said that he was of such a nature that was prepared to eliminate anybody who came in his way and caused any hindrance to the running of the business, which I think is a factor, but I think it's much more about what his ego can take in and what goes beyond his ego because uh, we have discussed his childhood in such a detail and you can tell that how fucked this person, how twisted his personality grew after all these incidents. It's like, I just feel like he has the God complex because after all of those things, he just wanted to be the person nobody could, you know, question or anything. And after these businesses, he was like, yep, I am above all of you. I think that is why he was like, you did that, I'll kill you. Exactly. And the murders of Sampath Mohan and Govind Raj would show that he would not tolerate anybody interfering with his brothel business and he would not hesitate to go to the extent of completely wiping them out. But we also have to uh, acknowledge the fact how personal the other three murders were. Yeah. Lalita was his girlfriend and Sudhalai was, what, his best 
his bestie or something and that was quite personal sudala and ravi they were messing together they were both friends so the public was very agitated in all these six murders and one of the most key characteristics of all these murders were that the victims were killed in a, a victims were killed when they were the most helpless and they were undefended because even if you see the last three victims they were drunk af so uh, as you can see that the murders were committed in an organized manner and they were cold blooded they were gruesome in nature they were diabolical in conception and they were extremely cruel in the execution as you can see how personal they are yeah and so what happens in many of such cases is that uh when where there is extreme cruelty or if there is a beastly manner of the commission of murder itself uh the court tries to map the whole case through an index of the depraved character of the perpetrator which in this case is shankar right that is why uh we should not consider the circumstance of the criminal and uh, the circumstance of the crime under two separate apartments they have to be you know studied together they have to be looked at together because that is what gives you the whole detail because in a sense uh, if you're killing someone it is a cruel act and therefore all the murders they are cruel but such cruelty will vary in the degree of responsibility for example how responsible shankar felt during all these murders that is what made sense and uh, that is when uh, you know the court can surface some special reasons or something like that and also just to bring this to the surface shankar confessed to his crime like as ritu told you that he was in a mood to confess he felt like confessing and he you know how easily he gave in that yes he did all that uh, but he did not want to pay the price for it because even when he was waiting for his black warrant he was hopeful that somebody would call and would stop his execution spoiler alert the court gave him death penalty i think he wanted to like he wanted to show off his power he he just wanted to show people that even if yeah i'm a monster i do all these things but i can get off i can like go dust free and not pay for anything that i did i think that's what he wanted to show people like in this instance you know the way he confessed willingly but doesn't want to pay the price for it exactly it's like how he's processing things internally it's like he knows that he's in a secure place because of what all he has done and how all he was in bed with all these politicians so there was this internal security that he felt that you know no i can get out of this i somebody can stop my execution i will not get killed i mean it was i think we rightly said that if this person was not caught he might have been a politician people might be voting for him i just i honestly think he was an overconfident pompous asshole who thought he knew everything but he made a lot of mistakes on his way and and he was he was such such a intelligent person i mean like what i feel is he knew how to save himself because as ritu mentioned a lot of material was uh, you know obtained from his room and other stuff like that you know he figured out that what can he have on the police and what can he have on the politicians and there were literal photographs of these politicians with prostitutes that he kept with himself like he preserved this evidence and you know just so that If, even if he gets a chance he could blackmail them no shankar was like if i'm going down you're all going down with me yeah shankar was like you all didn't help me i'm getting revenge as I, as we have already told you that uh, 
Akbar was given death penalty from the court and while he was on his death row in 1994, there was this Chennai-based uh, Tamil magazine named Nakhiran that announced that, uh, that they would be printing Shankar's sensational autobiography, which they claimed he'd written in prison and sent them through his lawyer. But in June, after part one was published, the magazine received a letter from the prison authorities, which said that from the above facts, it is clearly established that the serial in your magazine under the caption Shadow Truth or Shankar's Dying Declaration is not really written by Shankar. So, you know, like, take it back. You cannot do that. And it also stated that the writing in the name of the <laughs> condemned prisoner was against prison rules and that the power of attorney was given by Shankar is completely unlawful. It threatened the legal action if the magazine continued to publish the alleged autobiography. So there was this different dynamic that was playing at this particular point. R. Rajagopal, the editor, printer and the publisher of Nakhiran, then filed a petition in the High Court against the state of Tamil Nadu and various other authorities uh, seeking to restrain them from interfering in their continued publication of Shankar's life story. The High Court judge dismissed the writ petition, but Rajagopal then moved to Supreme Court seeking relief under Article 32 of the Constitution, which seeks remedies of the enforcement of rights. This case came to be known as the famous R. Rajagopal and others versus a State of Tamil Nadu and others. In the Supreme Court, a Rajagopal's lawyer disputed the contents of the prison letter and confirmed that the publication had been halted because of its threatening tone. Because you know how Shankar was in bed of a lot of politicians, so they were fearing that this autobiography is going to expose their ties, how they were in bed with this huge criminal. Uh, the articles really didn't mention any name. He was just like, you know, this person I knew and this person I knew. That is how he referred. But that may have been a dynamic which was set after the case. But they, they had a fear that this publication might do something like that. I think it, like it would be easily identifiable. Even like he might have said it in a like it could be in a way that you could you know point a certain person out without naming them. You know it was like the media speculated that uh, they were able to understand who he was referring in the articles. Although it was very indirect, but the people were able to understand that who who is he referring to. It was like that. Yeah. So the council claimed that the authorities feared the book would expose their links to Shankar. Uh, the lawyer also asserted that the freedom of press guaranteed by the constitution under Article 19, which states all citizens have the right to freedom of speech and expression. So that is where it like it's like the case took off from here. The court gave a verdict on 7 October 1994. Justice Reddy was the one who ruled in favor of Rajagopal, saying that the state or its official did not have the authority to stop the publication of material. It deemed defamatory to the state or its official. No law empowering them to do so is brought to our notice, said Justice Reddy, and the remedy of the public officials will arise only after the publication. So he said that you all are daydreaming and it's like it's a case that that could only be considered after it is published. So just in a fear, we cannot stop this publication. So however, Justice Reddy also issued a word of caution, emphasizing that the magazine had the right to publish what they alleged to be Shankar's life story. Without his consent, 
only insofar as it appeared in the public record. So the court just told them that you should not infringe Shankar's right to privacy. Like you should not read between the lines or you should come up with sensational facts which are not there or which might, you know, infringe his right. But I feel like that's that's something that he would want though to be honest because he loves like he would be like oh my god this is my life story everyone should know it i am powerful like that's what he wants like he wants to be sensationalized so bad is what i feel like exactly and we have also discussed how he if twitter would have been active in those days he would be publishing threads and stuff like that yeah so shankar and his men were interrogated at the palavaram police station before they were transferred to chennai central prison from where he made a successful escape attempt with the help of a woman god woman what is wrong, wrong with, with these women you know trying to have fun with these criminals why do you also what is she going to gain what is she going to gain from freeing him from helping him escape like what do you think you're going to gain i mean the man's a murderer for peace sake seriously and why would you help him don't you have his rap sheet oh my god and the there are literally no records of this escape he was also helped by three other wardens namely kanan balan and rahim khan who were given 6 months of imprisonment for indulging in his conspiracy and enabling a criminal escape from the prison's premises so shankar is literally rolling when he's inside the prison too but again this was an important event because this was what sh- made shankar finally end up in the salem prison where he was finally executed so shankar was ultimately nabbed in raurkela odisha imagine how far this man has run off from imagine like he was in pallavaram police station and the police <laughs> caught him in raurkela odisha oh my god what did he do was he on top of flash or something that he reached there so fast <laughs> but it's okay it's fine they finally caught him i mean and uh, he was brought back and shifted to salem prison where he was given the death penalty and uh, this is another interesting bit of shankar's life because when he was approaching his end he converted to christianity saying that the bible gave him peace of mind whoa Yeah peace that shit you don't deserve a peace of mind getting dumped into a water is not going to wash away his crimes or whatever yeah okay pontius pilate you think you can just wash your hands and be like ooh i'm free of all my sins I like swear no to my god. dude that's not how it works <laughs> god okay that was brutal so apparently he also in one of the articles he mentioned that his favorite passage was um the passage where jesus christ is saying that let him who is without sin among you be the first to cast a stone at her here what is happening is that an angry mob is producing a women before jesus who is caught red handed for adultery according to the law of moses she has to be stoned to death after jesus says this the crowd spares her Ooh. so i wonder i wonder why this is his like it is so funny that this is the passage that he likes because he's been really really like deciding fates for people and now he's like oh if you if you've not done anything wrong in your life you cannot do that to someone else while you were just literally taking away people's life as if you were the supreme himself but also see how this particular passage mentions adultery the, yeah that's what i'm saying like the ironic thing is that you know lalita confess um no not confessed i mean she she was committing adultery against him right i mean like the irony of it all and even uh, 
I mean his parents. That's all what they did to him. So he's one twisted motherfucker. Is all I can say. I I really like this verse from the Bible too. Like it's like saying you know those who are only faultless can have the right to pass judgments upon others, and it's really true. It's like we judge a lot of other people for their sins, but we don't see our own sins. And I I really like that part. But this motherfucker is a straight out psychopath. Like you've murdered six people. You don't like go away, please. I agree. You don't get to talk about sin, sir. You are the you sinner. You don't. You don't get to talk about any of that. So shut up. So Shankar was finally hanged on twenty seven April nineteen ninety five in Salem prison. And guess what? No one called to stop his execution. That motherfucker hanged there. Yay! Woo-hoo. Period. 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 With a T at the end and a full stop. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was Otto Shankar for you guys. Be gone, Otto Shankar. Can you please, like, literally, please go away? We're done with you. No, but finally, I am so glad that yes, we are please. finally rid of him because yeah. we don't have to cover this anymore because it's so excruciating. Exactly, and this asshole was literally getting on my nerves. But it's okay. I'm glad that we are over this, and I really hope that you guys enjoyed it through and through. I know we have kept you waiting for a long time, and I know, I know that we rant a lot. But like, please enjoy our rants. Yeah. So let us know how we're doing, and I hope we are improving bit by bit as new episodes are upcoming. So, yeah. Please. Yep. I just wanted to say that we're very, very grateful yes. that you guys are listening to us, even after we've been leaving you hanging. Head over to our Instagram. You can like talk to us there, comment, and to all those lovelies out there who wait for the episode. Oh my God, Aww. my heart just gets filled with love juice, and I really want to pour some. But thanks to Corona, I cannot. Time every time someone texts us like when is the episode coming and I'm like oh, I just I just really thank you thank you I I want to buy you all cars please like if I had if I had money I would all buy you cars maybe electric cars but like not the petrol cars please or ice creams whichever ones better okay yeah so Dini just meant she 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 just wants to spoil you because you give us so much love yes and uh, we'll be back next week with a new episode with a new case so stay tuned yeah please 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 listen so until then you can catch us at our instagram at the cold line podcast or email us at it's the cold line beach with a double e and da right don't forget the double e Double the E for double the niceness. And with that, we're off. Bye. Goodbye. See you guys later. For now. Until next week. Until next yes. week. Bye. Bye-bye.